A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From the Society for Nautical Research, in partnership with Lloyd's Register Foundation, I'm Sam Willis, and this is the Mariner's Mirror podcast, the world's number one podcast dedicated to all of maritime history. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Mariner's Mirror podcast. Today, I'm in the wonderful Barrow in Furness. Now, if you don't know where Barrow in Furness is, then just imagine you're in Liverpool. So west coast of the UK, about halfway up, and Barrow is to the north of the very southern tip of the Furness Peninsula. Now, I live in Exeter in Devon, and I've been trying to work this out on my journey here. And I reckon that Barrow is about as inaccessible from Devon as anywhere else in the entire UK. Though, what a magnificent journey it is to get here. I particularly enjoyed coming past Furness Abbey on the train, which was founded almost exactly 900 years before my visit, and was once the most powerful Cistercian monastery in the country. Now, this history of lost influence is something of a theme up here. 
Those who live in Barrow will no doubt argue vociferously that because they still build nuclear submarines, they still remain influential and innovative. Now, I don't want to contest that, of course, but I'm up here today to look at the history of shipbuilding in Barrow. And it doesn't take long to realise just how important this place once was, somewhere with a deep and safe port, with easy access to the Irish Sea and from there to the Atlantic, with fabulous natural resources for shipbuilding in the industrial age all around the town. Now, I'm here more specifically because the Dockyard Museum at Barrow, which is something of an engineering marvel itself, built over one of the original dry docks here, well, this museum has the most mind-blowing collection of ship models. And for those who are close followers of the Mariner's Mirror podcast, you will know that we have a great interest in ship models here, in particular in bringing them to the public. Last year, we filmed two ship models at the National Maritime Museum using ultra-modern camera equipment to bring you as close as technically as possible to these models. And the results are astounding. You can find them on the Mariner's Mirror podcast's YouTube page. Models of Brunel's SS Great Eastern and HMS Royal George, a first-rate ship of the line from the mid-18th century. Inspired by these remarkable videos, the Lloyd's Register Foundation have now launched their own project called Maritime Innovation in Miniature, in which they are exploring the history of maritime technical innovation through ship models, using the same innovative filming techniques. You can find the project at the History and Education Centre of the Lloyd's Register Foundation at hec.lrfoundation.org.uk, or, probably quicker, just Google Maritime Innovation in Miniature. And so today there's a film crew in the museum tackling two of the finest models in the most remarkable collection here. Those models are HMS Vengeance, one of Queen Victoria's most distinctive battleships, and RMS Orion. Launched in 1934, she was one of the most innovative passenger ships of her age, a landmark in the evolution of the modern liner. She really was a ship of the future. I took a break from filming to have a chat with John Irving, the building manager from the Dock Museum and a Barrow local through and through. As ever, I hope you enjoy listening to John as much as I enjoyed talking with him. Here is the enthusiastic, entertaining, enthralling John. I am with John Irving and he is the business premises manager, that, that's correct, at the Dockyard Museum in Barrow. We're here um, filming for the Lloyd's Register Foundation's Maritime Innovation in Miniature series. So um, if you haven't checked that out, do make sure you do so. It's at the um, History and Education Centre's uh, part of the Lloyd's Register Foundation website. You'll be able to find links in this episode. Um, and we're here to film two uh, extraordinary models. So I should say at the beginning that um, uh, Barrow and Furness has an amazing shipbuilding history um, from the 1870s onwards. And um, not only did they build amazing ships here, but they also built models of some of the amazing ships they built. There was even a model shop on site. 
Uh, and so some of those fantastic models have been gifted to uh, the Barrow Dockyard Museum, which is why we're here. We're here looking at two of them, HMS Vengeance, um, a Victorian battleship built in 1899, truly remarkable model, and then something a bit different, um, the Orion, which is a passenger steamer from the 1930s, uh, which changed uh, forever the whole history and design of uh, passenger ships. So John, what, um, it's been quite chaotic. Let's t take, take me through what's happened this morning. Have you been enjoying it? Well, this morning I suddenly discovered there's another five o'clock in the day, just so I could get down here. <laughs> um, and then we obviously met yourselves and the film crew and um, a company that we've used to remove, should we say, the very large glass casings that obviously protect um, all of our collection. Um, but there were four strong lads and I hope they had their Weetabix for breakfast. Yeah, well, let's just talk about this. So these models are in glass cases. The models themselves are enormous. They're two and a half, three metres long? Yeah, yeah, some of them are certainly three metres long. Yeah, and they're in massive cases. Uh, and, the, I mean, the glass is, or one of the bigger ones, was easily three metres. It's a panel of glass. I mean, phenomenal. But we don't reckon anyone's been in these cases for a century, maybe. No. No, certainly from when they were created to when they were brought here, it would be here when the glass would have been put on. So we're certainly talking three decades yeah, since wow. they were last opened. Extraordinary. And um, so that was, uh, the cameraman, Roberto, said it was like watching them dismantling a bomb, <laughs> <laughs> which was, I thought, quite astute. It was, uh, it was terrifying. It really was terrifying. I'm just glad the curator wasn't here today to see it. But so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, at one stage, I think there were 10 people just standing around, not wonder, wondering what to do. Uh, nonetheless, it's, it's all been done very safely, very professionally, very. and we are uh, going ahead with the filming. So let's just talk about, um, you know, the history, the maritime history of Barrow to start with. Um, when did it become a shipbuilding centre? You've already said, um, we've just, it was two years ago, but obviously with COVID, they couldn't celebrate it. So in funny enough, this Friday, we're having the 150th celebration of shipbuilding in Barrow. Um, and that's in partnership with obviously BAE, as it is now, BAE Maritime Systems, and we are hosting their anniversary party. Wonderful. So that is this Friday, so the timing is perfect. Okay, so I should say, um, for those of you who've not been to Barrow in Finesse, I, I doubt there are many of you out there who haven't been here. Um, the Dockyard Museum is, is, is stretched over the old dock from about 1870s, one of the old docks, uh, and we are shadowed by... I don't even know what it's called. What's the enormous shed behind us? Well, there's, there's two now, but the original one that we're shadowed by is down to Dock Hall, and that's where they obviously built the first round, if you were, of the nuclear submarines. The next ones that are coming up, they to build a bigger shed, because they're a bit longer. <laughs> so um, what they did, um, I suppose, back in the 80s or so, was it BAE? They uh, were building the nuclear subs, and they needed to do it in secret yes. so no one could see what was going on so they built it's the biggest building I've ever seen yes it really is um, commonly known around here as the shed right but yeah. that is some big shed like you say it houses nuclear submarines yeah so we're in the shadow of the shed so um, yeah well you 150 years celebrating shipbuilding in Barrow and it's all to do with the uh, access to iron basically iron ore isn't it the, the access to the iron ore and they were Originally, when Barrow was formed, because 160 years ago, Barrow was but a farm. Everywhere else historic around here, the ancient capital was Dalton in Furness. But you're right, they discovered the iron ore, um, started manufacturing, and they've started to ship it, obviously, all around the world, basically. Mm. But what they thought of was, well, instead of shipping it all around the world, we can just build the railway lines to supply the docks and built the docks. So that's when the shipbuilding itself, because we had all the raw materials here. Yeah. So it made sense to actually build them here. And an amazing harbour. 
an amazing harbour. It was um, natural harbour, but obviously all the sea defences were put in, um, and it's slightly relocated from its original position, which was going to be up around the Peel Island area. Right. Um, but then they obviously did all the surveys that they would do back then, and obviously they created the dock system that we've got down here. Yeah. And there was, you know, many years of very successful shipbuilding with a, with a, a reputation for innovation. We really are, and it's still going on today, and that's what Barrow itself is really proud of. You are right, 150 years ago, through all the decades that we've gone through then, Barrow was always produced in it with submarines, shipbuilding, new designs, but it still goes on today that they are building the world-class nuclear submarines. Yeah, it's great news, isn't it? And still a major employer in it's the town. It's still very major. It's gone through all the various names, but it's still one of the major employers in the town. Yeah, yeah. And the, the museum here gives us a real sense of the variety of ships that were built here. Um, tell us a little bit about, about some of the ships that were built. I mean, it's quite interesting that they're from... Um, different countries as well I mean people may not know about that but Britain that yeah. you know the forefront of building ships for everyone yes we um, we've certainly we've got one model in here well, we've got two models of us building for the Imperial Japanese Navy yeah. um, we built two submarines for Estonia um, they were both built back in the 1930s um, and we celebrated with them with for a trade deal last year and we found out so much about these submarines that the submarines, when they were purchased, actually cost 20% of their GDP wow. for the whole year. Wow. And they've only ever had two submarines. Yeah, um, one was um, sank, the other is in the museum in Tallinn. Oh, yeah. um, so you are right that you know we just don't build for the Royal Navy over the 150 years we've built for many countries yeah. around the world both civil and military the Japanese Navy is an interesting one isn't it, is it you've got the model of Congo is Congo, it Congo yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and do you get really Japanese visitors we really do and when speaking to them when they come in they have specifically come to Barrow um, on obviously the tour of the country but they all come to Barrow simply because of a lot of the links that we have um, with Japan the Maikasa is obviously their big floating museum out in yeah. Japan so that was obviously that here that was built, Barrow that well, was right, built right. here so there's a natural link there um, and in the town hall that we will be exhibiting soon um, there's a lot of like porcelain or gifts that were given to Barrow or the shipyard from the Japanese emperors of wow. the time so again the Japanese people just they want to come and see and we've had one family that said their great great grandfather was on the Congo and they were in absolute floods of tears just by seeing the model of it here yeah it's so, amazing those kind of international connections I don't want to be rude but Barrow really is it's not very close to anywhere else that's one of the good parts about it that is one of the good parts but you are right that we are if you were the hidden gem that does have many many international connections yeah. mainly through the shipbuilding itself because equally people that come in and learn the trade or the contractors they don't just come from this country either no. you know at the minute we're getting the best people in here to design the best bit of equipment so you know on that way on for the industry side barrow is on the map and also it's the gateway to the lakes that's interesting as well because they um I was reading that when Barrow was set up as a shipbuilding centre, they, there was obviously nothing here, so they needed to bring shipbuilders in. They brought they them in from Glasgow. Yeah, they came. Glasgow is right. Well, um, and Tyne as well, maybe. But you think of all the other trades that go with shipbuilding, yeah. um, you know, equally from actually getting the iron ore out of the ground. Yeah. So there's a huge Cornish representation yeah. up here, Welsh, Irish, 
and you are right for the Glasgow and the specific boat building trades themselves, but everything else that's around them industries, people migrated, if you were, to Barrow. And back in the 1870s, um, Barrow was known as the Chicago of the North. Chicago of the North. Because it took that many people coming in and a lot of the housing, housing estates, that you know, they were built, they had to be built really quickly to house all these people that were coming in. So there's various parts of like Hindpool, certainly parts of Walney, um, that are all terraced housing. It was a planned town, wasn't it? It was. Walney was a planned town for vicars. Right. So let's go back to vicars. And who, who were vicars? Um, it was the vicars Armstrong that were part of um, you know the shipbuilders themselves. Um, so obviously when they started and all these workers came in, they had to house them up, but also leisure facilities sporting facilities, recreation. Um, so all that was specifically built, and that's when thought Walney is an island that's half a mile away. Let's create Walney Island as a residential area. Amazing. Mm. And I enjoyed looking around the museum, and it was interesting what you were saying about the international connections, because there's a bit with a... Um, uh, you've got a Viking horde. We should talk about that as well, which is, yeah. which is quite cool. But next one is a Chinese horde. And I've not seen one of those before, and um, it was uh, that was um, fascinated by that because it had been they suspected it had been left by a, a Chinese sailor who had right. been here because yeah. of them building the Chinese um, a ship for the Chinese as well, which uh, which I liked. Um, what else have you got in the museum? Originally, the Dock Museum was the town museum. The town museum got relocated, mm-hmm. so originally we were going to be a maritime museum. Um, but the people that were supporting that, obviously that folded. So the Barraborough Council then took it over. So it became the Town Museum as well as the Maritime Museum. So certainly on the entrance area that you've seen, you can walk around and it's the history of Barrow from basically from when it was a farm right through up till the modern day. Obviously not a lot of people would know, but Barrow was badly bombed in the Second World War. So we have a huge section on that. Obviously, again, they were looking at the rail network because um, Barrow was pivotal in the nail network as well as obviously the shipbuilding capacity as well and all the ammunition around it mm. so we have quite a big section on that you are right we can go right back to the time when the viking hordes were found um which was really interesting and they're still finding them in the area although we haven't found a viking or roman settlement yet and that is something mm. i hope i'm here when that that does happen yeah i mean it'd be almost implausible that oh, there wasn't one no and it's just finding it yeah that is that is the the key so yeah there's so as a town and maritime museum um, we proud ourselves that we are a small museum we are a small museum our footfall is really good um, and under the Visit England guidance for the first time we've gotten to the 90% we've been put in for various awards under the small museum so yeah it's a really friendly happy place and a great way to spend a day and the best of it is Sam we're free yay that's wonderful and I can, I can absolutely uh, guarantee that it's true and um, you're really leading the way helping us with the um, well helping Lloyd's Register Foundation with this ship model project so thank you very much you are more than welcome yeah brilliant great talking to you John and you
Thank you all so much for listening. Now, if this all sounds exciting, you must hunt out the Lloyd's Register Foundation's project, Maritime Innovation in Miniature. The best way to get there is just Google Maritime Innovation in Miniature, and you will see the mind-blowing results of today's filming, as well as those original films I mentioned on the Great Eastern and the Royal George from the collections of the National Maritime Museum. And also another model, a fabulous liquefied natural gas carrier a type of ship that is leading the way in our transition towards a carbon-free future and is enormously important to the modern world's maritime economy. Please remember that this podcast comes from both the Lloyd's Register Foundation and the Society for Nautical Research. Please check out both of those wonderful institutions. You can find the Society for Nautical Research at snr.org.uk where you can join up and I would urge you all to do so. Thank you so much for listening as always. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.